0: Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinhold. I'm Lead Advisor and Senior Analyst with Kupinger Coal Analysts. My guest today is Alexey Balagansky. He is a Lead Analyst with Kupinger Coal Analysts and he's mainly covering cybersecurity but many topics beyond. Hi, Alexey. Good to see you. Hello, Matthias. Great to see you again. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. And we, are, we want to talk about a topic where... I think almost everybody has already talked about it. We have talked about it in uh, as part of this podcast. Um, but it is still a topic where there is still, still very much uncertainty how to, how to do it. Actually, we want to talk about zero trust. We want to talk about practical zero trust and practical means actually doing it. Right. If you would. If you would like to to do some recommendations to make people understand better, what would be the first useful steps towards a zero trust architecture towards a zero trust approach? Well, Matthias, I guess the biggest challenge for many people is still
1: not understanding like why they need zero trust. Everybody knows that like zero trust is great, hooray! We have established that as a the universal truth. A couple of years ago, at least. But still, for some people, uh, the biggest challenge is, like, where do I even start? Like, do I have to rip and replace my entire network or even my entire IT infrastructure? Do I have to buy something? Like, do I have to make a big initial investment? And uh, my answer to all those questions would be, no, you don't have to. And in fact, uh, for me, practical zero trust uh, essentially means, okay, how do I reuse as many of my existing uh, IT investments as possible? How do I recombine the existing tools? How do I minimize new infrastructure and new software investment and still achieve some quick wins, obviously, and some uh, longer-term strategic goals? And I think I kind of uh, suddenly came to an idea of how to compare uh, zero trust, uh, like what to compare it to. And you've probably heard about this Uh, ancient Chinese art of bringing harmony uh, to your house, which is called feng shui or feng shui for for the Germans, for example. And essentially, uh, it's just kind of to to bring harmony to your house. You do not have to build a new house from scratch. You probably don't even need to buy new furniture. You just have to look around, apply a few very simple basic rules, about the uh, flows of the wind, uh, water, the qi energy. And then uh, suddenly uh, you just kind of reach harmony and everything becomes instantly better. And I believe in a way we can apply the same rules to zero trust as well, because zero trust, again, it's not a product. It's not even a combination of tools. It's basically a set of simple rules. And if you follow these rules, if you recombine, Some of your existing infrastructure and tools, and to make sure that they work in accord, well, then you will at least make great strides towards the final journey, towards the final goal of the journey. So you will achieve zero trust with much uh, less effort and fewer investment than you have probably expected.
0: Right. So, what would be typical components, existing infrastructure that you can easily reuse to get to a first? As you said, quick win. A first set of quick wins regarding zero trust implementation, practical zero trust. Well, uh, if you remember, kind
1: of the uh, the biggest uh, kind of the first tenet of zero trust is uh, trust no one, or rather, uh, do not uh, leave any places in your infrastructure where the trust will be implicit. So obviously, uh, your infrastructure, your IT within and outside of your company, in the cloud, for example, should never have any spots where uh, you blindly trust anyone or anything. And to me, kind of the most obvious place to start getting rid of is your LAN, your local area network. I mean, for two years, uh, we have been forced to work from home remotely, so for two years, Uh, For many uh, IT people and business people, there was simply no chance to work in in the land, in the kind of always trusting, completely open uh, place where all your IT resources reside. Let's keep it that way. Let's just, even if uh, when people start returning back to the offices, do not allow them to connect uh, their laptops directly to their servers, for example. Okay, I do understand that for some people, that would still mean working with a VPN solution, an old school connectivity tool. But even that is at least one step closer to zero trust than not having any kind of access control within your lab. So basically, again, zero trust always starts with your identity management and access management. So as long as you have a proper, uh, mature IAM system in place, whether it's old-school Active Directory on-prem or a modern cloud-native solution from a third-party vendor like Okta or Microsoft or any other, you are already on your way to zero trust. You just have to probably change your settings and apply a few corporate policies saying, yes, from now on, there is no LAN, we trust no one, uh, not, not even each other for people who are located in the same room. And suddenly and magically, you are already getting tangible benefits from zero trust.
0: Right. If we say don't trust but verify, and this verification process is of importance, then I would assume that that moving towards um, multi-factor authentication, strong authentication, that would be also an important building block that can be easily achieved and can be even even, even tackled separately because you need to do it anyways. Absolutely, and again, kind of, when we are talking about multi-factor authentication, we are not talking
1: about uh, one-time password sent over SMS. That's not proper MFA anymore. We are probably even talking just about like issuing a YubiKey key to every employee. Again, that, that's better than nothing, but it's not uh, really uh, modern uh, multi-factor authentication anymore. Modern MFA platform is expected to be a open and flexible so that you could adapt it easily to different requirements, different platforms, different types of users, and so on. D it should be extensible, obviously, and C, if you will, or probably like the most important key, I think it has to be continuous. You can no longer just uh, verify a user identity once, and then assume that it's still the same user for hours or days, as long as he's connected. Something might have happened to uh, their uh, endpoint device. It might be infected uh, by a, a malware. Maybe just uh, the user has left the room and somebody else is typing on their keyboard. A proper modern multi-factor authentication has to be able to account for that. And obviously it has to be able to reach towards the end user's device. So another crucial step towards zero trust is taking your end-user's devices under control. When we are talking about laptops uh, and desktop computers, whether they are within the office or at home or somewhere else, well, there has to be probably some kind of an agent deployed to that device. You probably already have that agent. It might be, let's say, an antivirus or an EDR solution from a multitude of popular vendors, be it Microsoft, Sentinel One, anybody else. I just cannot name uh, all of those vendors. But I'm pretty sure that uh, almost all of those vendors already offer, if not their own zero-trust solution based on the same technology, but at least a native integration with, uh, with your existing uh, identity and access management platform. And as soon as you right. combine, again, okay, your existing IAM and your existing, let's say, it called EDR, you get zero trust, just like that. You don't even have to buy anything because you already have, probably have those tools.
0: Right. One discussion that I lead um, from time to time is this, this dichotomy between uh, zero trust on the one hand and controlling the device and the trend towards bring your own device um, approaches, uh, especially for organizations where they are in the situation that many of us are right now working from home. Um, how would you counter that? Is there a dichotomy between bring your own device and zero trust or is there, is there a way out of this?
1: Well, it's not really a dichotomy because you can absolutely have both but you have to understand that uh you cannot or you you should not probably apply the same uh security policies towards your corporate owned devices and your bring your own byod devices because obviously uh, if you want to let your user access some something really really sensitive your finance application your uh sensitive uh intellectual property whatever well you should be able to let them do it from a corporate-owned device, where you know for sure that nothing bad has happened. But probably just you should not let uh, your users to do that from the say, from their private iPhones. Obviously, so yes, you still have to uh, kind of maintain a baseline, and uh, you uh, across all the devices, and of course from a BYOD device, there will be less telemetry available. But you have to account for that in your security policy. And again, uh, you probably already have those components separately. You just have to make sure that like your MDM platform is able to talk to your IAM platform, let's say, call it like that. Or maybe uh, consider switching to a platform which does both. And there are vendors on the market now which actually do both. And on top of that, they would offer you uh, unified visibility uh, and unified alerting when something bad happens, either on your own device or within your own application or on a BYOD device. Uh, As long as you have this common visibility, you have much better control. And again, remember, it's actually written explicitly in one of the other tenets of Zero Trust. You have to monitor all your assets. And you have to take uh, the results of that monitoring into account for every access decision. So if something is compromised, it's absolutely like out of question. The access should be terminated ideally in real time. And you can only do it when you have this visibility.
0: Absolutely. Um, we talked now about the traditional corporate network and its replacement through something else, um, but, but if, organizations apply a risk-based approach and start where they think uh, security can be much more improved than it is as of now? Are there other starting points for moving towards zero trust? Maybe, like, I don't know, at the factory floor, at, at in the cloud, somewhere else, could that also be a starting point for zero trust apart from the traditional approach that we just described? Traditional, of course. Well, uh
1: First of all, again, you have to understand that zero trust is not something in the air. Zero trust uh, is uh, basically a set of rules which can be applied to different uh, aspects of your IT infrastructure. Basically, you can think of zero trust for applications, for example, or zero trust for your databases, or zero trust for your cloud workloads, or zero trust for IoT, whatever. Uh, And even if uh, some of those terms uh, are not yet... Appearing on the market as uh, turnkey solutions, they already exist as uh, well as tools. And again, you might even have one of those tools already. The most obvious solution, like for example, zero trust network access. If your primary uh, concern at the moment is how do you let your uh, remote workers or your partners access your business applications securely, you might opt one of those solutions. And again. Uh, you don't need to uh, build a data center. You don't need to buy any hardware. You just uh, go uh, bring your credit card to a SaaS based uh, ZTNA vendor, and they will deploy a virtual software defined network for your company within an hour, let's say. And then you would start onboarding your existing applications to that network. It might take a day for one application and a week for another 50. But it's completely uh, manageable. And you can even uh, do it in parallel with your existing VPN solutions, for example. And again, there are vendors which offer both. Like, if you have a VPN solution from one of the vendors, again, I probably won't name them, but uh, there are quite a few popular solutions out there in the market which already offer you this seamless upgrade path towards, like, from the virtual zero trust, if you will, to the real tangible zero trust with the same technology. And again, it's only up to you to uh, understand if this is your top priority, or maybe your top priority is securing your customer data in a database for whatever reason. Maybe you are operating in a highly regulated industry, and you actually have to go to, let's say, Oracle or IBM or another data security vendor and ask for their zero-trust solution. And again, you probably already have an Oracle database. And all those security controls are already built into the database. You just have to know how to set them up accordingly. And of course, vendors are going to support you with that. And of course, analysts and independent consultancies will also uh, be ready there to to help you with that. Uh, One thing you have to keep in mind is always like there are these quick wins, the point solutions, and there is a larger goal in the future. Just have to make sure that all those uh, quick wins align towards the goal. But again, kind of it's like Feng Shui. You just have to rearrange your existing furniture and put a few flowers there and a vase with water in that corner. And then
0: you would have harmony. And in the same way, you would have zero trust. Right. That sound that sounds promising, but the, the most important um, um takeaway that I have that it's really um, not that much to do, but just to start properly and to move in the right direction and taking one step after the other. And there's, of course, lots to Lots more to talk about when with regards to that topic. And depending on when the audience listens to this podcast episode, they, we can either make them um, take part in our upcoming KC Live event that will be, from the time of this recording, uh, will be in a few days. And if they watch it later, uh, they can catch up with what happened. Can you tell me a bit more about this KC Live event? Uh, absolutely uh well uh, 2 days
1: after this uh, podcast goes live uh, on uh, march 23rd i believe we will have this event uh which is called oh zero do on zero trust and this is exactly uh the same uh topic if you will Uh, we we no longer have to tell people why they need zero trust but we want to help them understand how to get to zero trust as quickly as possible and reusing the existing investment as much as possible like you don't have to wait for anything to to start doing zero trust and even more important you're probably already doing it you just never thought about it uh with this label just look at this whole uh topic from a slightly different angle understand why your quick wins are and start doing it today. That's our message.
0: Absolutely. So recommendation uh, for the end of this episode is go to um, kupingacool.com, sign up for this uh, virtual event. It's it's free, just register um, either afterwards or or if you can take part and be part of the community, even better. Um, and and get the information, learn more from you, Alexei, and from other industry experts regarding that topic. And I would really highly recommend it. I will do it. Um, so um, I think this is really one good starting point for moving to a much more tangible, realistic uh, zero trust right. um, um, architecture rather than um, reading another article about the buzzword bingo all around right. zero right. trust. Right.
1: Right, absolutely. And of course, I will be there introducing this whole event. And there will be uh, a number of uh, industry practitioners giving you practical, useful uh, uh, advice. And in the end, we will even have uh, an interactive uh, discussion rooms on different aspects of implementing Zero Trust. So see you there, I guess.
0: Absolutely. See you there. Thank you very much, Alexey, for um, giving an an insight into how things can really be done for, um, yeah, for introducing the event, for being part of the event. And I'm really looking forward um, to that event and to having you again as a guest at my podcast very soon. Thanks again, Alexey. Great. Thank you.